Hello and welcome to another episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. This week we're going to be going over episode 38. We're actually going to sit down with the supervising producer, co-creator, lead actor, and uh, director of several episodes for the upcoming Spider-Man and the Monsters of Manhattan fan series that's coming to YouTube. We'll be sitting down with Alex Iascone and Brandon Milo, and we'll talk to them about the project and everything in between. So let's get right into it, everyone. And, you know, I think I did exactly what I said I didn't want to do, Brandon. I think um, you said how to pronounce your last name. And then I was thinking about one of our other co-hosts from our other shows, who's Brandon Milo. And I'm like, oh, his name is Michael Milo. And I'm like, oh, no, I said it as I said it wrong. I was like, ah, damn it. It's all good. Yeah. Well, still excited to be here. Thank you so much for having <laughs> us. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Taylor and I <clears throat> famously met at a park near our house. And then his mom took me to get Costco pizza. So we have been friends for life. How did you two run into each other? When did your relationship start? Uh, I'll let Brandon uh, start off on this one. I like the way he tells the story. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we've uh, uh, we've been uh, friends for uh, quite a while. Uh, we actually own uh, a production house called uh, Car Wash Millionaires, and um, we were uh, actually uh, uh, helping a, a local parish. We grew up in the same neighborhood, and we actually met at a at a car wash. Um, and uh, uh, from there, we've been uh, uh, fundraising for other things. Uh, one of which is, of course, uh, this uh, this project. Are you still in the car wash game? <laughs> um, well, uh, um, uh, uh, our our company is certainly called Car Wash Millionaire, so maybe. <laughs> mm. Definitely open to uh, other uh, more more filmmaking uh, uh, adjacent avenues of the current, but uh, you know we're open to any, anything, uh, and especially with um, getting our name out there. It's a uh, it's a it's a great plug with the car wash. <laughs> One more question about car washes. Who has to do all the laundry for the towels? Do you just get towels all day long? Is it the worst job at the car wash to do? Uh, I mean, we're, pr we're pretty much open to uh, whatever. It's uh, We know that uh, just like uh, filmmaking car washes, you need to wear a bunch of different hats. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you need to be willing to uh, to scrub down and to, uh, to detail the interior as well. So, um uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're open to, uh, to, to getting down in the dirt and toweling down if we need to. Mm -hmm. uh, what was then the genesis of this project? Um, the name Monsters of Manhattan really gets to tell your audience which way you want to go with Spider-Man because uh, Spider-Man is so big at this point, you can really choose any avenue to tell your story. The MCU mm -hmm. Spider-Man is very different than the Spider-Verse Spider-Man. So mm -hmm. am I getting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes or what was the crux of this project? Sure. Uh, the, uh, the meets pitch is, uh, stranger things meets Cobra Kai in regards to tone and atmosphere. Um, we really want to tell a coming of age story. Um, um, uh, a coming of age story meets uh, mystery thriller. Um, uh, so that's, uh, that's what the type of, uh, sandbox that we're playing in and everything is, uh, seen in that, uh, that tone of voice. Um, 
So it's all about Peter Parker losing his innocence and uh, confronting the demons of his past. Uh, is that just the uncle? Are we talking Uncle Ben or is this all of the demons? I feel like Spider-Man, right? I guess the language we now have for these is canon mm -hmm. events. Uh, mm -hmm. What canon events would you uh, are some of the ones that you like to touch on? Sure. Um, uh, the uh, the biggest thing is, uh, of course, like you had mentioned, um, Uncle Ben's death. Uh, we pull very heavily from the Ultimate Comics uh, and uh, you know give a, a, a new spin um, uh, to the narrative uh, that we haven't seen in live action. With uh, Kingpin being tied to the death of Uncle Ben and uh, Peter starting um, at the beginning of the narrative in a place of uh, wanting uh, to to seek vengeance. Um, so um, uh, Monsters of Manhattan means uh, a lot of different things in our narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and just to piggyback off of what Brandon was saying uh, and with the canon events, uh, obviously Uncle Ben uh, and his death is one of the very important things that makes Spider-Man. Um, uh, we in our series want to respect everything that's come before us and uh, give fans something uh, the things that they're expecting, but also something new to be able to latch on to. And uh, a couple of the larger aspects that we saw in that was uh, obviously Uncle Ben's death, uh, but also uh, Peter Parker being uh, from New York um, and in a lot of uh, other works uh, by Marvel. Um, and uh, obviously the um, uh, the Toby movies, um, um, New York was sort of its own character in the movie and we wanted to play with that and uh, just be able to give the series a real sense of uh, of self and and let you know exactly what was happening and, and thrust you into it as soon as we can. And we thought that um, uh, New York was a great way to do that, both in aesthetic and, uh, and uh, overall vibe. You had mentioned Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. What were your comic book buying years? What were runs and things like that that you were reading at that time? Uh, they don't have to just be Spider-Man. What were things that were getting into your head? When were your prime years? Uh, 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 so what, what, what inspired us in the inception of the series? Um, no. What specifically did your parents give you allowance for and what comic books did you okay. buy? So, so, uh, growing up. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, there, there are so many. Um, uh, I, that's a, that's a loaded question. Wow. Mm. Uh, it's okay. It's tough when you're a kid because I remember like just grab bags, right? Like you'd be like, Oh, I'll buy this one X-Men comic yeah. and this one flash comic. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a Star Wars droids and Batman versus spawn. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, great. These, this is a world I want to live in. Uh, mm. I love that you are bringing those types of worlds into mm. New York. Uh, mm -hmm. Did either one of you grow up on the East Coast? Uh, yeah. Both uh, of us. Mm -hmm. Boston. Yeah, we're both Boston-based. Um, I grew up uh, loving the comics. The The primary thing was uh, the Ultimate Universe, but of course I loved a good amount of the uh, 616. Um, uh, to the left of me, I, I can see a stack of just like 616-related uh, stuff. I... Um, uh, I loved a plethora of other characters. I love uh, Batman and everything there. I love the psychological aspects. Uh, recently, I've been getting into uh, uh, a lot of uh, Superman, um, uh, especially with the the new shows coming out. Um, uh, I also especially loved uh, Ben 10. Uh, that was a big thing in regards to just like, uh, you know, you're talking about like world building and atmosphere. I mean, 
Uh, ben 10 has uh, uh, so many universes and worlds to explore. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, that's what, uh, as a kid, got me hooked on just world building in general. Alex, yeah. we'll talk about your world building. I do want to know, okay, is okay. the Ben 10 universe in completion or are the Ben 10 fans asking for anything right now? Uh, well, they're asking for uh, for a movie right now from what I've mm. heard uh, from, from Man of Action. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, they've been throwing uh, Tom Holland at it left and right. Uh, I don't... I. Truthfully, I don't really want that, but uh, uh, I think they should they should get an unknown. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, I hope that we get a good live action. Uh, the ones that uh, uh, we uh, 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 that I received while growing up, uh, some of the live action stuff was just no bueno. Uh, could have been better, like Alien Swarm. Uh, not to not to name anything in particular. Mm. Uh, I, I clearly <laughs> asked you what you didn't want to talk about. I didn't know bringing up the bad live action Ben Ten movies was going to trigger you like this. Uh, it's very close to his I, heart, you know. So I close to his heart. Those, uh, so Michael and I, we grew up in the the nineties. Our our shows when we were kids was like X Men, like the old X Men show, the, the old yeah. Spider Man show. We yeah. grew up when when Power Rangers first came on air and the first time in like ninety three or so, something like that. That was our childhood. Um, I, I also, to comment on what you're saying, um, I hate how everyone's fan casting Tom Holland for everything. Yeah. Because Tom Holland's like, he's 27. Mm -hmm. So people need to realize that he's already at his final form. His next form is when he goes gray. So everyone's like, oh, he's going to look older. He's going to look, he's, he's going to look perpetually 16. And mm -hmm. then he's going to get like, he's going to get really old really fast. So I'm tired of everyone casting him in these young roles and then expecting people to be like, oh, he'll grow up with it. No, he won't. Mm -hmm. like he's, a, he's a great actor. Uh, he, he, he does uh, some fine work uh, in, in the Spider-Man films. Uh, it's just uh, uh, to constantly cast him in all of these different parts, some of which he's not, uh, you know, fit for. Uh, yeah. uh, the Uncharted uh, picture uh, that recently came out. Thank goodness that you think that movie is garbage too. So many people were like, hey, it's kind of okay. It's a garbage movie. It, it's, uh -huh. it, it's crazy what they do in that when all they had to do was copy the video game. Just choose any of the games and just do a scene for scene remake. Mm -hmm. um, uh, speaking of uh, just like fan films in general, have you seen the Nathan Fillion uh, fan film for Uncharted? It, so good. Yeah, right? Yeah. So good. That's all they had to do. Just Give that group some money and just say, make what you made <laughs> two hours longer. And they mm. and everyone would have been happy. My, my like Michael and I kind of argued about this because there were certain mm. things of the Uncharted film that I was okay with. Mm. Um 90% of it, not so much, but I I liked I love adventure films. I love the aesthetics. Mm. I love I loved everything they did. I just thought the casting was wrong across the board. Mm. I mm. like that they built all of that underground temple. Like I liked, yeah. I liked all of that stuff. I just didn't under, I, you, I knew that Tom Holland and Marky Mark were going to be friends. And the mm -hmm. fact that they just fought with each other the mm. entire movie. And then in the last five minutes they are like, Hey, now we're like BFFs and we got this rapport. Mm. Yeah. So, that last scene was should have been the whole movie. I was just like, yeah. what is this? Don't explain what is anything. This? Just mm. have them go on an adventure. That's what uh, they did in the first game. I, they just started you right in the middle of one. Like, just do that. 
I, I think it really highlights the importance of, uh, of talking to the fans and, and trying to provide the fans what they want, because uh, always, especially when you're adapting a project, uh, the fans are going to be the backbone of, of any yeah. success that you see. And uh, if you if you do something that's against that or you do something that the fans aren't looking for, then it's almost always a recipe for failure. Um, and it's mm -hmm. certainly something that uh, we always try to keep in mind uh, as we show things around. We're always excited when we meet a new Spider-Man fan and we say, hey, what do you think of this? Because we're always trying to get a, a new perspective from someone who's uh, who's ingrained in the world, who's part of the fandom and, and hear what they have to say. And a lot of and obviously uh, you want to make a series for everyone. But uh, 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 if you uh, if you ignore your your primary fan base, it's never going to, to have a good end. Well, heard. But one of the great things is that you get to tell the story that you guys want to specifically mm -hmm. in doing it in this form and the mm -hmm. way that you want to do it. Um, where does this project fall in your, I, I, I mean, I'm, do you, do you refer to this as a film project? I mean, this is taking, I mean, you are doing things on a professional level or trying mm -hmm. to, um, where does this fall in your resumes? Is this your first thing? Have you worked on other things? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, well, uh, uh, Alex and I are both working actors. Um, uh, this is a, a passion project, and uh, uh, we're hoping to also use it for uh, a vehicle for, for exposure. Uh, we can use it as a calling card. So in the future, because uh, this is our first project um, uh, together in, uh, in, in our, co our company's first project, um, uh, so we want to use this as a calling card and saying, Hey, um, uh, this is what we did with little to no money. Imagine what we can do with a larger budget. Very much what you were describing, uh, about Nathan Fillion with the uncharted project, uh, growing up, uh, I, I, I adored fan films while they did, you know, have a somewhat of a bad rep, uh, um, you know, in the early two thousands because they're, you know, uh, made by fans for fans. So, uh, at that time it meant lower production value, but now we're in a place where Nathan Fillion can uh, over the weekend make a fan project um, and it may even be better than the, the uncharted picture that came out. So um, uh, I think it's, it's important to, uh, uh, to listen to your fans and deliver something that uh, the fans want, right? Um, it fills a void in the marketplace, especially if we can experiment and do things that the studios are not willing to do. And that's something that our, our project does um, uh, uh, where, you know, uh, the fans have been wanting to see, Scorpion in live action and P and Spider-Man going up against the Kingpin. Uh, we deliver on those, uh, those, those aspects of the mythos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think there's really two aspects of it uh, from our end, at least um, part of it is uh, telling a story that we're really passionate about. Um, some of the, uh, the best times that uh, Brandon and I have are uh, just going back to the outline or going back to the script and uh, tweaking these little things saying, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, if this character said this thing and then this other thing could happen and we just uh, start getting on a roll from there and it really reignites our, our, our passion for the uh, the script every time we uh, go through it. So there, there's, we're, we're certainly passionate about the story we're telling. And uh, as Brandon was saying, the other um, the other aspect is is a vehicle for exposure. And um, uh, because um, this is uh, uh, the first project for uh, Car Wash Millionaires and for uh, us together um, outside of our our own acting careers, uh, what we really want to do is to be able to build a team around ourselves to take forward with us into future projects. Um, uh, uh, we we certainly intend for uh, Car Wash Millionaires to have a long and uh, fruitful life in uh, in producing other films. We consider ourselves indie filmmakers, and we want to 
um, uh, stay in and evolve in that sphere. Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, we want to find other like-minded individuals who, um, you know, uh, share our passion for uh, just making an objectively good product and, and putting something out there into the masses that, um, the, that they can be proud of. And uh, we want to bring those people into uh, all of our future works. And uh, just so, uh, you know, we don't have to start, uh, start from scratch at the beginning with, uh, with just an idea. We have all of these passionate creatives who will uh, be able to back us and make it, uh, make it into a reality. Because uh, long term, we want to be, you know, filmmakers. Uh, we don't want to stay within the the fan film realm. Right, uh, it's a, a good, you know, launching point for us. So, uh, you know, we know that uh, a ton of people are going to be watching it just with the IP. Every, uh, everyone, for the most part, knows who Spider Man is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so they may stumble across our projects. We want to make sure that yes, we deliver um, uh, what you know uh, the fans are going to be looking for. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, we also just want to deliver a, an objectively good product. Um, um, and uh, I feel like that uh, that's what, you know, some of the best fan films do. Uh, we, we keep uh, going back to, uh, to Uncharted. Uh, Nathan Fillion understood the product and yeah, he didn't just deliver obligatory fan service. Um, he built up to those moments and everything was rooted up, uh, rooted in uh, character. Mm -hmm. Taylor, they're talking about fandom. Why is Sony making a Gran Turismo movie? Well, the movie every time, and, every yeah. time I see the trailer for it, I go, "Who is this movie for?" <laughs> you know, I don't know. But the the question I, I actually have, like, uh, kind of on a different segue, because I don't know how to answer Michael's question, <laughs> is um, so fan films tend to have a very unique take and very unique reputation among among the internet lately and maybe it's just because of the fact that there's a writer strike and there's nothing going on and fans are mm -hmm. clamoring for news and outlets have nothing to do i found i'm finding a lot of outlets are going after fan films in a negative light and they're attacking mm -hmm. them for the sake of existing mm -hmm. um I, I think of um spider-man lotus and for instance with gavin uh, knopf's project um mm -hmm. there was controversy just riddled throughout the the late stages of production they raised 100k and then uh, a bunch of texts came out, a bunch of things came out. And we had Gavin on the show. We talked to him about it. And some of it was real. Some of it wasn't. He definitely owned up to what was real and is trying to move on from it. But since the release of the project, you now see people that uh, the headline is uh, the fan film that was made out of spite and just just bitching at the fact that the movie exists only because the people making it were upset with how Marvel handled it and upset for this reason or that reason or or we can do better um did any of that ever come to to the fans with you did you any of your your crowdfunding did you get that rhetoric that was coming did fans say we want to do this because sony's failing us so this is or this reason or that reason did you mm -hmm. see a lot of that rhetoric or was even that did that even cross your mind that people would would look at it that way uh no when when we had started uh this was uh prior to uh to lotus um uh so to to be honest with you uh what we were doing uh was was part of a, a a niche demographic you know every once in a while you would you would meet someone who who is in the fan film community uh uh so it would be like this uh this almost like uh uh like secret thing like oh you know you know ismahawk you know nightwing uh series it would be like the coolest thing in the world uh, kind of um uh, fan films are on a similar trajectory to, uh, uh, you know, uh, e e uh, like Marvel Studios. Um, they've become this uh, giant thing that, uh, 
even some of the jocks that made fun of me growing up are watching Marvel pictures now. Um, uh, all this to say, um, uh, fan films have become uh, uh, just part of the, um, uh, 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 just like general zeitgeist. Uh, so um, it's, uh, it's certainly a shift uh, for, uh, for the community. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, um, to, to see everything from, uh, from afar. Um, but, uh, no, we've, we, uh, uh, Alex and I and the rest of the team have been very focused on our project and making sure that we deliver the best thing that we, we can. Um, we know there's certainly some toxicity in the community, but we, we tend to, uh, just, uh, stray away from it. We, don't think that we're uh, better than Marvel Studios. I mean, uh, uh, Kevin Feige is a is a genius. Um, uh, the the hope and dream is that um, you know in the future uh, we can we can collaborate with uh, uh, some of the geniuses at Marvel. Um, uh, it's uh, you know an interesting time uh, in the community, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to echo that point of, uh, you know, focusing on what we're doing and, and trying to make it as, as good as possible. Um, obviously, uh, the Internet just in general can be a toxic place. Uh, if you get hundreds of thousands of people viewing any sort of video, you're going to get a handful that say, I don't like this. This isn't good. Uh, uh, and uh, I think it's just uh, important as creators to have uh, to have thick skin. To um to take the valid criticisms where they come and to um to be able to internalize it and always be striving to do better. Um, uh, you can't let uh, negativity uh, get you down, especially on the internet. It's going to come. Uh, so uh, just deal with it in stride and and do your best to uh to move on from it. Is is our motto for uh for our project. Mm. So what, what I'm getting is the internet the, is toxic. Yeah, <laughs> this is to me. <laughs> oh my God, really? No, I, hope um, I haven't gone out on a limb. <laughs> no. So what I'm getting is uh, the, like the rhetoric that surrounded Lotus that the filmmakers thought that they could do better, so that's why they made it. Like that that rhetoric is utter nonsense, right? Uh, the way I've always seen it is fan films stem from an idea that um, it's not about outdoing the studio or doing something different. It's it's about. Uh, showing the world what you love essentially mm -hmm. and yeah um you're not going out there to make a movie that you don't think marvel ever will or try to take a, an approach mm -hmm. saying uh marvel sucks so i'm going to do it my way like you just love spider-man and that's what you're doing um, yeah so i think that's it, one rhetoric thing that i think people need to kind of get around with certain fan films is that they're nobody's trying to outdo the studios they're all in line to see the movies too so yeah, um, I see a majority of the, the Marvel films uh, uh, opening day. Uh, Alex can attest this. I drag him to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> along with the rest of my friends. So uh, to, to, to be honest with you, um, uh, this series is just uh, a love letter. Uh, certain things that I read in the comics that I've uh, been dreaming to see on the screen. Um, uh, we, 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 we attempted to, uh, to translate uh, it's a love letter by fans for fans uh, uh, to attempt to uh, um, to take down Marvel Studios is just like feasibly impossible. It's a pipe yeah. <laughs> dream like they uh, uh, they're 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 so much money and people working on a on a legitimate studio picture that it, it's just uh, it's an impossible task. There's so our attempt is not to uh, devalue Marvel Studios, but really just to, uh, to compliment them. Uh, so much of, uh, who I am is shaped, uh, by the, the comics that I read growing up, just the, the moral lessons that I was, I was taught at such a young age and they had helped me to, uh, to get through a dark time. So my hope is to, uh, 
to hopefully create a piece of work that can do the same for the next guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, the MCU absolutely needs people doing passion projects that complement it because I think it also feels a little lost in the woods. Um, <laughs> you had talked about this being a piece for showcasing you and showcasing yeah. what you can do. Yeah. Okay. Now there's already the MCU. All right, let me say this. Disney comes to you and says, great, we have an IP for you, mm. but it can't be any of the ones that are going on. Sure. What? unknown marvel ip is the thing that you would want to do is there anything that you think that you could bring an eye to because there is projects and i feel like their spider-man is about to be reinterpreted with whatever you know whatever we get post holland um mm -hmm. what other marvel heroes speak to you i uh that's that's a great question. I haven't thought of that. Because um, uh, if I, I were to ask Taylor, he would say Gambit. He would, you know what I mean? Like he would be like one of the '90s forgotten mutants. We would love to see back in uh, center stage again. Sure. Mm. Uh, I I tell I'll, I'll tell you a, a few characters that speak to me that uh, outside of of course uh, um, uh, uh, Spider Man and some of the uh, the uh, main canon heroes. Um, uh, uh, one, uh, I love Daredevil, um, uh, growing up uh, Catholic myself, I have an interesting perspective that I feel like I can, I can bring, uh, to Matt Murdock that hasn't been touched upon. Um, I, I, I love the, you know, the, the Netflix series, um, Charlie Cox is a, an absolute gem. I know that they're, uh, attempting to, uh, um, uh, to continue that, uh, and born again. Um, so, uh, being able to, uh, throw my hat in the ring is, uh, would, would be a dream come true. Um, I also think that Universal uh, should bring back uh, the Incredible Hulk uh, and uh, go back mm. to the uh, That would be something I'm, I'm, I would be very passionate about, kind of go with more in the Monsters of Manhattan realm and play on, uh, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde uh, 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 angle and uh, bring a little bit more on the, uh, the horror side of things. So, yeah, uh, those are two characters that really speak to me. And, of course, I can... I can say that uh, I love the Fantastic Four too. There are so many stories to tell, which is like a good uh, family narrative. So yeah, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Honestly, if Marvel Studios came to me, I'd take I'd take any character. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, work in that realm. Yep. Well, Joe's Pizza was in the first one. We'll do a whole Joe's Pizza series. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're, we're into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taylor, is the Daredevil TV show done? Is it going to be? Is it going to come? No, it's not done. It's not done. It was. It was a shut down um, due to the strike. So they're going to resume it once the strike is up. But um, there's so many conflicting narratives behind the show's existence. Um, the most. The most commonality is that everyone is saying is that it's a soft reboot. Mm -hmm. um, it's not hundred percent canon to what Netflix did, but it's also. Uh, the way they're treating it is the Netflix stuff is a variant universe where it's like some of it lines up, some of it doesn't. So they're giving themselves plenty of room to re to reinvent what they want to, yeah. um, which is just what Kevin Feige does. I mean, uh, there's always a notorious behind the scenes feud between Kevin Feige and Jeff Leob anyways. And uh, the, the Netflix verse is getting soft rebooted um, in its own way. Um, so we'll see some changes, but we'll see some very similar things. But that show in particular um no it's not finished yet um would they reintroduce iron fist in a shang chi movie that yes. would be cool i uh, actually, they actually are talking about a, a solid reboot of 
Iron Fist. Mm. Um, because he was the one character that wasn't received well at all, and it was, it was not at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it was it was honestly Netflix's fault for rushing it. They tried to put that show out so quickly that they didn't have the stunt team ready, so yeah. they kind of they really half-assed a lot of the stuff very quickly. Um, I, I I can attest to that. I had a few friends that worked on uh, on Iron Fist, and uh, that was very much their experience. Um, that uh, they would uh, be making the choreography on the day, but. Um, that's, uh, that's just, uh, a lot of the, uh, the, the Marvel style is, uh, you have to make sure that you, uh, you meet deadlines delivering the product, uh, yeah. especially for shareholders and, uh, just being a content creator myself, uh, the, 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 it, 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 it delivering anything is better than delivering nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that the, <laughs> sorry, what'd you say? I said, that's kind of a shame too, because of how that mentality, yeah. my biggest problem that I have with Marvel isn't the content they put out is the fact that they announce entire slates at a time. Yeah. And with that, um, if people are paying attention, you can also kind of discern plot points. You're like, okay, so clearly Nick Fury is going to survive whatever comes the next five movies yeah. because he's in project number 12 as yeah. the press release put out. So like you can kind of like, it takes away some of the gravitas to some of the things and you're like, wow, okay, this is going to mm. work out. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, sure. well, that's just well, my yeah. commentary on modern day slate announcements is that they, they, they definitely screw up on showing the hands too quickly. Certainly mm-hmm. quality over quantity is uh, definitely yeah. important. And uh, recently, uh, even some of the uh, 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 leaders at uh, Disney have been saying that uh, they're planning on uh, uh, cutting back the amount of projects. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so um, yeah, if if Disney can can look at their slate and say, hey, maybe we've uh, we've put out a bit too much uh, content out there, then um, uh, I I know that a, a good portion of the audience feels the the, the same uh, with uh, just uh, the 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 stigma around uh, Marvel projects currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say that um, the Shang Chi universe honestly would be very. Um very interesting to go back into and expand a bit. Um, uh, take this for what it's worth, but I was just looking at a random poll on Facebook today, and uh, there were a bunch of uh, of heroes. Uh, it asked, uh, who is your favorite hero from uh, from Phase 4 of the MCU? And uh, Shang-Chi was the the one that was on, on top of them all, so I think that was uh, very well received by the audience. Uh, I have a martial arts background, and I can certainly say that uh, the choreography was incredible for all of Shang-Chi. Uh, really enjoyed the uh, the martial arts on display, and just uh, the quick pace of it. Um, so uh, yeah, it would it would certainly be something for me as a fan that I'd be interested in uh, in seeing more. Maybe a, a soft reboot of Iron Fist or bringing him in uh, in in that way could be uh, um, uh, a great way to um, to introduce him to new audiences. I think we're just getting robot people for the next couple of movies. Like I think we're just getting well. <laughs> more. Black Panther Two is just people in robot suits. I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a bunch of more robot suits in the near future. <laughs> Well, well I mean, we have Armor Wars, we have Ironheart, we have a few more shows like that. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Uh, to be honest, Iron Chi, coming up. She was my favorite uh, of the of the Phase Four movies. Um, uh, I, I honestly uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It just has a great structure. Uh, uh, second runner up would be uh, would be No Way Home. Uh, I just really uh, enjoyed uh, Shang Chi. It was just so refreshing, and especially with the uh, Jackie Chan style. Uh, martial arts i thought it was just uh absolutely incredible um if they if they do end up uh throwing in uh, uh iron fist i think that would be uh an interesting curveball that i wouldn't expect uh um i think finn jones could do uh 
you know, something uh, great in the uh, the new Marvel canon. But uh, if they end up recasting someone, uh, I can definitely see that as well. Uh, just depends on the direction and what they're attempting to do. Yo, if we're going to play the speculation game, let's go way out there. Uh, you could have Jessica Jones in the Spider-Man movie. As uh, right, because he's like he can't be with her anymore, and he's like real sad, and he meets another girl who can like take punches and like, oh, okay, you're just there's something about you. She doesn't have to be in the movie, but she could be a love interest or something like that, just to like sprinkle them back oh, into the world. Ultimate comics, uh, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride would be great. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. be cool. Listen, I I appreciate both of your opinions. You're incorrect. The person they need to bring back is Felicia Hardy, Black Cat. I grew up on the 90s series. Yeah. I need Felicia Hardy in my next movie. That's that's important. No, I, I fully agree. If, <laughs> if, if uh, fake Mary Jane Watson slash Michelle Jones is the, the love interest that's now sidelined, um, yeah. let's get the, the other comic love interest. Let's, let's bring in a Felicia. Let's give a Black Cat for a run. Let's mm-hmm. do some of that for a bit. Or, better yet, Let's introduce Gwen Stacy and have him have his heartbreak that way. Like mm. there's so many things they should be doing. Um, and I'm finally happy with where they have him now. Mm. Um, let's yeah. let's get fun with it. If you do Gwen Stacy, you got to do two movies because you have to do one movie to introduce her. And then mm-hmm. we have to have the movie. In fact, we need three movies because then you need to see the fallout movie of all of this. And I don't know. Does he have three more movies in him? They're supposedly supposed okay. to be doing that. Okay. Well, if you if you put him in college, I mean, he certainly uh, plays as a uh, uh, college age person, and there's plenty mm-hmm. of material that um, uh, neither the uh, the Andrew nor the Toby series uh, really got too much into. Um, uh, at least not as much as the um, the '90s series in terms of uh, yeah. college age content. So I think there's a ton to play with uh, with there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. That um, yeah, you can't just introduce Gwen Stacy to kill her off. Uh, two minutes later that that might not be the best pacing in the world so yeah um need to spread it out you do you need to have a proper trilogy uh have her die in the second one while simultaneously setting up his uh next person slash okay he's dating gwen and now mj comes back into his life and he's dealing with that and yeah you got to do it the right way i mean they tried to do some of that with andrew's movies then they mm-hmm. cut in Mary Jane's entire stuff out of that movie. And then that movie got really convoluted on its own, but it's messy. But speaking of the movies, um, with your project, you were going full on Sam Raimi suit. Mm-hmm. So what was the decision to not make your own suit, but to pull off, uh, to go that far into the inspiration with, with the Raimi design? Yeah, uh, there were there were a few uh, different things that were uh, going through um, the. Uh, uh, there was a few things going through our minds while uh, while making that decision. Uh, the first thing was uh, uh, the the fact that we started this in 2019, so creating your own suit uh, was um, uh, 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 not the the standard. Um, the second thing is, uh, not to give too much away, uh, but we are in a Raimi adjacent universe. Um, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll end it at that. All right. So with the, the other things that you did put out, um, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is shocker. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes. indeed. Okay. And then you have a mutated scorpion is what I'm Mm -hmm. gathering. Okay. Um, so we've got those two villains so far. You mentioned Kingpin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then your behind the scenes photos uh, showing him in a school setting. So there's going to be some sort of school confrontation, which sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, the inclusion of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to have mm-hmm. some aspects. So you're definitely building a very big universe here within your project. Mm-hmm. Um, without saying any spoilers, you already mentioned Kingpin. There's mutated Scorpion. There's Shocker. Um, how big is your scope that you're planning for this project? Are you trying to introduce just a few rogues? Is there going to be a bunch of secrets and spoilers coming down? Like, not spoilers, uh, big surprises coming down the line. You're going to have a handful more characters that people aren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How, how uh, much do you plan on surprising people? Uh, definitely a handful more characters, especially uh, ones that uh, fans of the comics will uh, will get a kick out of and and uh, maybe be able to say, oh, I know who that is uh, before we even uh, introduce them just with their uh, their knowledge of comic lore. Um, but really, our primary uh, desire in including all of these uh, all of these different villains in this world is to make the entire world feel alive, to, to feel like, you know, you're stepping into a week in the life of Peter Parker. Um, and uh, there's uh, a, a lot of ways, obviously, to do that through um, uh, j- just uh, character work. Uh, and Brandon does an amazing job with that. He's uh, he's our Peter Parker actor. Um, uh, but uh, another way is just in expanding the world, making it feel lived in. Uh, we wanted to include S.H.I.E.L.D. because uh, Sh- S.H.I.E.L.D. is just an, an integral part of a lot of Spider-Man stories. And uh, they're uh, quite frankly, if uh, if you're having the, the Kingpin doing uh, these these heinous acts on a, uh, a larger scale, there should be uh, uh, some uh, some some larger scale uh, people looking into him, like Shield, uh, like a, a, an enforcement agency, and um, uh, I won't give too much away with uh, some of the other characters that we have, but uh, yeah, it's really just to make the world feel lived in and uh, make it feel um, uh, to to harken back to that idea that Peter Parker is in many ways uh, a cog in in a much larger world. Uh, that's how Spider-Man started out. Um, uh, as uh, there, there were all these other heroes, and he was trying to find his place. Uh, there's definitely pieces of that in our series that we're looking to explore uh, as he finds himself and uh, integrates into that larger world. Yeah, when Stanley had uh, conceived of the character, um, uh, the Fantastic Four had, had already existed. There were so many other characters um, uh, that were living in that world, uh, and Peter looked up to a lot of these heroes. So uh, we want to uh, play into that. Uh, in our series, make it feel like there is a, a larger Marvel universe uh, that uh, Peter Parker can see on the horizon. Um, uh, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew. So we're just trying to create uh, one really strong season. And uh, if uh, the, the fans want more, then that's certainly something that uh, we, we would consider. We have plenty of, uh, you know, incredible creators already attached to this project playing uh Marvel icons. Uh, so if we wanted to uh, to expand upon those characters and spinoffs and things like that, uh, then that it leaves the, the door open for that possibility. How strong is your kingpin? Because sometimes he's just like a buff dude and sometimes he's like tiny version of the Hulk. How strong is your kingpin? That, that's a great question. Um, uh, all I'll say is that he is a formidable foe. Uh, sure, you do sure. not want to mess with him very much like uh, visit, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's interpretation. Um, In that Spider-Verse know. movie, they made him a Hulk. He's so <laughs> big. Yeah. Oh, so, so Vincent's also played two versions of that same Kingpin. In the Daredevil show, he was yes. just a buff dude. And yeah. then in Hawkeye, he was ripping car doors off. So <laughs> yeah, um, that that's kind of what I'm saying about the soft reboot is that they've already yes. shown their hand that Daredevil's 
prior limits on Kingpin are yes. not the same in the new MCU. Yeah. yeah. And if Kingpin's ripping off doors, he can punch Spider-Man pretty hard then. Because Spider-Man yeah. has trouble picking mm-hmm. up a, a small, you know, small cars. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the, the quote in the, uh, the Spider-Man show is like, I've had trouble lifting a Buick, but now I'm like, now well, that's when he gets the venom. Yeah, he gets the venom. He gets the venom suit. And he's like lifting up a, a fire truck. And he's like, "What the heck? Like, I couldn't <laughs> lift a Buick before. Now I'm picking up a fire truck." But um, mm. he did limit his own strength in that show. And then Kingpin was like breaking his bones when he was fighting mm. the first time. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll just echo with, with uh, excuse me, echo what Brandon said uh, without giving too much away. That um, uh, yeah, our Kingpin will certainly be formidable. Uh, one of my favorite uh, lines about Kingpin is. Uh, 350 pounds of pure muscle uh and uh we certainly take into account a lot of uh kingpin lore uh in um uh creating him in our series so uh kingpin will be a formidable foe that spidey is going to have to level up to be able to take down uh he's sort of a larger than life character having nothing to do with his uh physical size and uh we certainly uh think that uh that our kingpin will live up to expectations of um uh uh a strong villain so my last question and you can choose not to answer it because I know that this is tearing that territory. Mm-hmm. Um, you've already okay, we'll see King- you later then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've already mentioned Kingpin. We've seen Shocker and we've seen uh, the mutated Scorpion. Um, you mentioned that your big inspiration was Ultimate Comics. And then the Ultimate Comics, they set up from the get-go, um, very much like the Spectacular Spider-Man show, that, mm-hmm. that Norman Osborn was behind like everything. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who was like, "Oh, I'm gonna. I made the spider. I made all the villains. I made this and that." Is that the situation you're kind of putting Kingpin in? Is he essentially a Lex Luthor version of Kingpin, where he's got the public persona, but he's also like a mad scientist behind the doors? Um, it, the, there are elements of the show that uh, very much like uh, Winter Soldier that uh, lean on. Uh, political thriller elements Um, and uh, our Kingpin character uh, dips into uh, different types of genres. Um, uh, So we're not entirely sure what he's capable of at the start of the series, very much like Peter Parker doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Um, But uh, the the purpose of the series is to um, not create a new interpretation of Spider-Man, but to, uh, to throw him into new scenarios, akin to, to Winter Soldier. It doesn't change Captain America. We just put him in a new setting and see how he adapts to it. Kingpin allows for that new setting where this boy um, is, is now um, uh, being forced to become a man. Um, so Kingpin uh, allows for us to explore a lot of different elements that we haven't seen on screen before. Mm-hmm. I'll say something that's uh, a little bit mysterious, answers your question, but not quite. Um, if you asked a person in our Manhattan uh, who Wilson Fisk is, uh, they would likely be able to tell you. Uh, you could also ask the same person who Kingpin is, and they would have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. So very akin to the 90s Spider-Man show where he was a public icon and Kingpin was a rumor. Yeah. say that i just I said what I <laughs> taylor <laughs> is kingpin a reverse batman is he a guy who is like very well known publicly but has a secret alternate life where he does his true bidding well that's that how kingpin is in the comics out. and that's how yeah. lex luther is in the comics mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. yeah yeah that sounds fantastic uh, mm-hmm. Your Spider-Man has organic webbing then, correct? If he uh, is uh, Raimi adjacent? 
Um, no, not exactly. Um, uh, he, uh, he does have web shooters, uh, very much like the comics. Um, uh, like I was describing, um, uh, a few minutes ago, we wanted him to, uh, to feel very familiar. Um, we didn't want to create a new interpretation, um, or create a new suit where you would be questioning, um, you know, who this character is. It's not to put our stamp on the character. It's very much for him to, uh, to feel like the hero that we know and love. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, part of that in the comics and the 90s series and, um, uh, so many other interpretations, um, it, uh, 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 is that he has web shooters. It's not organic. Uh, he has his classic utility belt and all the accoutrements that you would uh, expect from our favorite wall crawler. So one of my favorite things from those original interpretations was um, Spider-Man running out of web fluid in the worst <laughs> possible time imaginable. Um, that was yeah. something that that's, made... that's the true canon event. Uncle Ben so, and then runs out. That was something that they never did in the yeah. movies. They, they kept yes. teasing, like, oh, he's charging his thing. I'm like, okay, so I, when is he going to rub out while he's swinging there there's there's a whole plot point about that uh in in episode two uh i don't want to give too much away but there's this whole segment where he he has to get to this like uh hideout this evil person's hideout and he has to take the train there because he ran out of web fluid mm -hmm. um, that 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 is an exclusive reveal for the culture <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you don't run out of web fluid you can quote us on that sure thank you yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's that's one of my favorite aspects of those original things. Even in like mm -hmm. I think it was uh the the show, the '90s show, where yeah. Kingpin crushed his wrist and you saw the fluid flying around. Yeah. Um, I loved it when they made him like that was like one of his big vulnerabilities. Is like, all right, he's strong, he's this, but did he remember to pack the extra red fluid? Is he going to like mm -hmm. go down to grab one and be like, oh crap, I don't have it? Yeah. And then like the fight is now him having to figure out how to fight without the web. So that was he's, one of my favorite aspects. He, Peter is an underdog in this series. He's always punching upward. So um, that that's, that's a part of the character that we adore. We, you know, he, he, he's a, he's a broken hero. Um, it, he is not uh, necessarily uh, um, uh, someone that we always look up to. He's our neighbor. He's, he's very much like us. He's uh, mm -hmm. uh, part of that community. And, um, that's something that clashes with uh, Wilson Fisk's ideologies, where he thinks of himself as a as a god. He thinks that he needs to be uh, running Peter's neighborhood, and he's actually running for mayor, which is something that uh, we took uh, right from the comics. And there's a whole Spider-Man run um, uh, where uh, where where Peter has to go up against Mayor Fisk, uh, and there's a mm -hmm. lot of uh, fun comic lore that we pull from. Awesome. Well. Thank you so much for giving us an insight into this and into your creative process, into this world. I have a much better understanding of some of the things that I'm going to see and some of the breadcrumbs that you have dropped for us to pick up uh, later on. Uh, where can our audience stay informed so that when things start coming out, they are in the know immediately? Mm -hmm. Uh, well, they can certainly check us out on our uh, our YouTube page. Um, uh, what, what's the URL, Brandon? Uh, yeah, so you can uh, you can find it on uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Brandon Mello, B R A N D O N M E L O, uh, and all other platforms. It's at uh, Marvel Spidey. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, do we have tentative dates? Do we? When do we get to put our peepers on this? Um, oh, Soon. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> no, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, we um, uh, this project has been uh, in the making for quite a while. Um, we uh, we had shot all of uh, principal photography, and we're looking to get into uh, additional photography. Um, uh, we're hoping for uh, uh, later this fall, but that's pending um, our, uh, our 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 budget. We're still fundraising, and also the strike because we want to make sure that we're respectful of uh, all of our actors in the community. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, uh, established actors on our project and we want to make sure that, um, uh, they feel comfortable getting on our set. Um, like Alex said, uh, um, uh, I like a similar sentiment that we're, we're building a community here at a family. Um, so we want to make sure everyone, um, uh, has, uh, an enjoyable experience. So, um, there's a few things pending, but we're hoping to drop the pilot this winter if all goes well. Mm. Well, Thank you very much. I will. I will not hold my breath. I will breathe normally, but I am excited to see it once it is ready. Uh, and thank you for bringing that level of professional to it because, you know, a rising tide lifts all the boats. And I can't wait to see these projects and future projects from you two. Thank you so much for joining us here at The Cultured Nerd. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate the time. Yeah. Yeah. It means a lot. Absolute honor. Have a good one. Have a good one. Uh, if you would like to help us keep making this content and bringing you all of these wonderful people, head on over to our patreon.com slash the cultured nerd. There we can get all of your shekels and all of your paychecks. Uh, these nice people are giving us some of their paychecks. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us over here. Uh, thank you very much for Jose Navarro. Thank you, Taylor Murphy and Jay Stu. Taylor Murphy's been your host. I've been your co-host, Michael Santel. If you have those cell phones, whip them out. Give that a click and a picture. You know what to do do like comment subscribe let taylor know what you're thinking he'll bring it on air with me and uh thank you all for joining us thank you see you next time